Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's uh, been some celebrity name-dropping action, Lorraine, hasn't there? Big one, we, big one Big, big name-dropping, but it's not you, surprisingly, no. and it's not me either. No. Should we tell them who's been name-dropping? Well, our other half's been... <laughs> Dropping celebrity names. And as we know, neither of them really work in a world where they should be doing that, should they? No, no. Well, my husband has been out and about. And guess who he bumped into wearing rather snazzy dungarees in our little cafe, coffee shop, bread shop? He wasn't wearing the dungarees, was he? She was. No, he wasn't. He wouldn't be seen dead in dungarees. Tell everybody, because I know. Emma Thompson. (laughs) Only Nanny McPhee. (laughs) Only star of... Good luck to you, Leo Grand. Only yes. star of many, many things. And made more exciting by the fact that he is a huge Emma Thompson fan. Yes. He's one of his crushes. He oh. absolutely loves her. Did you talk to her? I said, no, I said, he said. I said, what, was she, what did she order then? What was she eating? What was she wearing? Hadn't taken any of those details in that would be useful to me. No, no, no. Mine is equally fabulous because we have huge fangirl crushes on Leslie Manville. <gasps> so Neil, Neil was outside his studio, his photographic studio, and um, little beknownst to him, she was in there and she came out and she started talking about Bridie the Labrador because our Labrador goes to work with Neil. And uh, they, they got into a big old chat about, uh, about the Labrador, about the dog. He walked her to her car. And he came back and he said, oh, you know, that, that woman, she's been in quite a lot of things She wa- oh we watch. And I've worked out it was Leslie Manville. I was like, oh, my God, it was Leslie Manville. <laughs> and we've had, nearly had a Leslie interaction, didn't we, when we went to see the yeah, preview we of Leo cowardly. <laughs> And she was in the lose where we went. So, I don't know, there's a universe thing going on here with Leslie and Emma, I think. One day. One, one day. day we will encounter them Yes. Both. Yeah. Hello! Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. And we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. Welcome, 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 one and all, to this feel-good special episode of Postcards from Midlife. There will be no moaning, no complaining, no bickering. I can't guarantee that, Trish. I think it might be one. I think a little bit of bickering might be my default setting. Anyway, I'll try for you. (laughs) Well, we do have to have goals, don't we? And uh, this week, we've been rejuvenated, haven't we? My little trip away to Time Hotel in the Cotswolds. (laughs) I'm I'm calling it a 24-hour self-care mercy (laughs) mission, which we will be telling everybody about in our jibber-jabber section coming up shortly. It's the menopausal Morecambe and Wise on tour, as I like to refer to it, because we have done a couple of trips for the podcast. But this week, we've been tuning into our senses, haven't we? We've been into yes. a botanical bothy, no less. 
is it bothy botty i want to bothy, say botty, bothy but i don't bothy. i know that's, that's a scottish a scottish thing a little, oh, little bothy, place yes. a little cottage i yes. can't believe i'm actually saying those words but that made us feel good and another thing that will be making us feel good today i think is our special guest the nutritionist petronella ravenshear she's the author of the human being diet now we wanted her to come on the show because we keep hearing from people don't we um about mm. the huge change in people's lives this diet her eating program has had how it's affected their energy levels weight stomach issues and all sorts of health issues and your neil mm. gosh two mentions in one podcast I know. he's quite popular require a fee at some point isn't he he is a big fan of the human being diet, yes isn't he? well he is he wanted to kind of lose a bit of weight and sort of sort himself out at the beginning of the year a bit of a post-christmas kind of you know reset and a lot of our friends had been raving about this book the human being diet and petronella so he ordered it ordered the book and gave it a go and he's such a convert so the first two weeks i have to say are pretty hardcore but after that you just stick to some principles for life which petronella will of course be explaining later on all i can say is he's pretty fit and frisky these days <laughs> so you say these things to me and then i have to encounter neil and i hear fit i don't necessarily frisky. mean frisky in the way that you're thinking but okay. uh, we'll we'll mm. leave that for another day well i am a bit frisky because um mm. on the good news front there's more good news on the frisky mm. front trish i'm gonna go a bit militant on you when i talk about this i'm okay. gonna talk about the clitoris <gasps> uh my goodness. Um, I mean, we're only in the introduction of the show. We haven't I even know. got into the main bit. Big piece in the New York Times this week saying, never studied. Medical profession never just never studied, studied no. it. Don't care. Yeah. There's five times as much medical research into erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. as there are into something like PMT. So erectile dysfunction maybe affects 19% of men. PMT, 95% of women. Nobody has studied the clitoris. It was called useless by the early medical pioneers. Yes, yeah. The useless part in the, in the documents. It was omitted from all research. A massive knowledge gap. And it's actually attached to quite a lot of your pelvis. Yes. <laughs> huge yes. part of female anatomy. Yes. Did you know, though, that in 1993, up until 1993 in the US, women were not included in major research, medical research surveys because they were too hormonal. That's 1993. Oh. <laughs> so anyway... There is now, though, a big study. Oh, good. Huge study. Yes. But there was a big piece in the New York Times by Rachel E. Gross. Funny old name. Um, But she wrote Vagina Obscura. Okay. She's a medical genius. Okay. Um, And she's a historian, basically, on female health. And basically, we're going to find out tons more about it, which is frankly really good news, isn't it? Well, it's good news. We'll keep you updated on the clitoris front. (laughs) Don't we, Trish? Yeah, I mean, we said this was all going to be about feeling good today. And I yeah, think, that is, yeah, that good, is good, isn't it? Isn't it? So, um, yes, well done. And well done for not being too militant on all the male okay. patriarchal um, health research stuff. But anyway, also making us feel good, as always, are your funny posts on our Facebook page and the lovely comments from listeners who've already bought tickets for our live show next May. I'll do my announcer voice. Tickets are on sale now at postcardsfrommidlife.co.uk. Well, we managed to mess that up, didn't we, when we recorded our video. <laughs> yes, I think it. I said dot com, didn't I? Yeah, Never mind. Anyway, anyway, the people are that. finding us. You're all finding us. Yes. The listeners, the lovely listeners. Elizabeth's coming from Norway. Yes. 
Tracy is looking forward to meeting us. We've got someone coming from Wales as well, haven't we? Mm. She said that well, Tracy said that we are both her Joan. I think she means Joan and Jerrica. Well, we've so. mentioned clitoris quite early on, so yes, um, we're that's living very up to Joan that. And uh, Ruth is coming, but she wants to meet Margot. Is that cat coming to the? <laughs> Have we negotiated with her agent? What a her fee, yes. Yet? Well, she's checking her schedule and uh, we're negotiating the fee, obviously, as we speak. Um, we'd quite like to have some pets at the show. I'm not sure that's going to be possible, but we love our pets because yeah. they play a big part in uh, making us feel good as well, despite your animosity towards <laughs> poor old Margot. Uh, remember, no complaining or bickering this I'm week. Um, that includes Margot. Yeah. Well, we would like to hear on the pet front, and I'm, mm. I know I am opening, unleashing a floodgate here. Yes, yes. We would like to hear your funny and heartwarming pet stories, because we are going to devote uh, an upcoming episode to your stories. Well, maybe a section, not a whole All right, episode. A little section. So, well, we are, yes. Well, it'll be a listener-based episode, mm. so a little bit of it will be about pets. So tell us something funny about your pets. Um, could you do that on our private Facebook group, please? Get posting. And heartwarming things too. We want funny pets, heartwarming pets, pictures of pets, everything really to do with pets, I would say. Uh, look, talk of the devil. Here's Margot now. She can see you, Lorraine. She's purring. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> She's after me. She's on my case. I had to put a little, I had to put two pictures yesterday on Instagram of Margot for oh. people who DM'd me saying we haven't seen Margot for a oh, while. Oh, for a little right? while. God's Did sake. you put that nice one on the sofa though? No, I put you? that one when she had her back to me trying to get out the door. Happy <laughs> <Lucky> Margot. <laughs> this week we have been practicing what we preach about self-care and took ourselves off on a little midweek mini break to Time Hotel in Gloucestershire to try out their new botanical boffy. Which, if you have no clue what that is, we and we didn't either. No. We will be jibber jabbering about it very shortly. Um, I don't actually been a bit worried about you, Lorraine, because you were definitely burning the candles at both ends, hitting your book deadline. Your dear old dad wasn't very well. You were coping with daughter number two leaving for uni, and uh, and you were starting a much longer school run, weren't you, with little Mabel, who started secondary school? I've got the violins out. You've been having a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I've, I've made it through. But yes, you're right. I mean, I've kind of it's been a busy time, hasn't it, for everybody? Mm. We've all been slightly overwhelmed. The, the headlines overwhelm us every day as well. Um, it's just been a little bit more hectic. I am quite good at doing my exercise, as you mm. know, because I do like a bit of a manic martyrish type behavior of the mm -hmm. morning get the brain going i do need to think about things that could be a tiny bit more relaxing mm. and i do like an excuse to go on a road trip with you because yes. i like to watch your little quirks <laughs> on a road trip so when we got to time yes and i was there first but my room was ready and yours wasn't which i knew would, yes. would i knew there would be a bit of a moment for you there not knowing about that. So you came into mine, but you didn't like the smell in mine because I'd use a different blah, 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 all the things, all the Trish things. And then you had to have a cup of tea, which oh, yes. was very specific, wasn't it? It had to be yes. a black or grey. I mm. love all these little things. Oh. And I love being whisked away for a night because what happens as well is you, you take you tend to sort of take charge and feel like I've got I do husband. oh that's nice that's what friends are for isn't it yeah. and uh, the reason I picked time picked mm. time it's a herb picking time no let's not go there oh. picked time hotel it's just that um it's not obviously just that I've really wanted to go there <laughs> 
for a very long time. But because I kind of thought there'd be lots of things that I knew you would like about it. And that's the kind of generous friend I yeah. am. Yeah. Well, you were absolutely right because you are altruistic and self-sacrificing oh. always for me, aren't you, Trish? <laughs> Did I write that line for you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. Anyway. So why did you like time? Tell us. <laughs> okay, the reason I wanted to take you there, Lorraine, was because beautiful outdoor swimming pool. We know how much yeah. you love swimming. Pool. Stunning gardens, all nature, the kind of joy of being outside. And I felt that the rooms were they're beautifully decorated, but they're just on the right side of posh for you without being poncy, because you don't you don't really like posh, do you? And I'm not the, keen on it. I feel out of place. No, I know, exactly. And all that sort of she-she, you know, like London media set. You don't want any of that. And the whole philosophy at time is very much kind of the kind of beauty and simplicity of nature, which I know yeah. that you would like to. Very good veggie food in the Absolutely. restaurant, mostly sourced from the hotel's kitchen garden. And sheep, lovely black sheep. Yeah, in, I nearly took about six out as I came in on the yes. drive. <laughs> you have, you have to worst driver. navigate them up the drive. And they also have these beautiful seats that look like sheep in the bars. You can and sit in the on. Oh, yes, we've got the sheep. Obviously, we had to have our picture taken messing about on those. On the sheep, yes, exactly. And actually, I think what was really special about it for us as well was that we got to meet um, the woman who owns it and set the whole thing up called Karen Hibbert. And there's nothing we like more than an inspirational midlife story. And Karen has one of those, doesn't she? Yeah, I was really amazed to meet Karen, actually, Karen with a C, mm. because um, she had a really sort of incredible philosophy and her story was, was pretty inspiring, actually, because she, she'd worked in obstetrics and gynaecology. When she'd started, there were very few women working in that and she'd worked with one of the few women at the Royal Free um, in that particular field and she'd obviously been there at births she'd learned an awful lot about how women respond in stress and she'd kind of seen that and banked all that knowledge and then her father is a very famous physicist in the world mm. of um, science uh, Michael Bertioli um, and he invented something so complicated I can't possibly explain it because I'm it's something to do with pressure to isn't explain it? it but it's the w- what he invented means that we can measure pressure in everything around the world. He did it with someone else, didn't he? Set up a, a firm. And she was helped him when she was mm. a teenager, didn't she? So she learned all of that as well. And he bought a collection of barns, which she took over and turned into time. But it's not they're not just it's not just a hotel or a place where you can go for a kind of wellness break. It's really part of nature and part of that world. They've got water meadows which they're conserving and they have that whole flock of birds that comes from South mm. Africa every year to hibernate <laughs> there, which is an extraordinary story. They've got wild mint, everything's from the kitchen garden. Her son is a chef um, and he grows everything. So everything on the menu has been grown there. It's always about putting back in. And also she's a brilliant artist. So she was talking about how, you know, under great stress, that was something that she really wanted to do later in life after she'd had her children. And she draws all the prints that are at mm. time as well. So it just felt like a really joined up, beautiful place with a really lovely ethos. And that talk we had with her about relieving yourself of stress and trying to weave creativity mm. into your life. It just sounded like she'd seen she'd seen quite a lot in her life, particularly yeah. working in medicine for so long. And then she'd taken all of that and put it into a place which feels really lovely actually and yes. I, I really enjoyed being there. Yeah we felt very calm talking to her didn't we very mm. kind of inspired but one of her recent additions because she kind of keeps adding to, to the offering there is that she's um, made 
a botanical bothy. Um, so there's a spa, beautiful spa, obviously, which offers the kind of normal treatments you, you would expect using Time's own brand of products, which are called Bertioli, which is her maiden name, yeah. her father's name. Um, and uh, But the bothy, it's a new addition. Um, how would you describe it, Lorraine? Well, Trish, it's really <laughs> Well, let's put it in context because you know I don't like being touched or massaged. Yes, yes. In any, I don't like any of that business. But it was a kind of very small room with a. There was sort of no edges where it was all linked. It was resin from the floor to the stop, so everything yeah. was continuous. And you would lie on heated, little heated beds made out of uh, the resin. It was, I suppose you'd call it like a wet room, like a traditional wet mm. room, really, that you would um, walk into. And there was a little veranda with uh, two baths either side, mm. and we managed to plonk our little bodies in there. Yes, the part of the treatment, which I'll describe in a minute. You do like an outside bath. Yes. Uh, well, I never had a one. fire there was arm chow. I mean, it was amazing. The Ooh, whole thing yes. was just so... It's beautiful, I'd not been it? to anything like that before, and obviously we've done a lot of travel pieces for the magazines we've worked mm. on. We've travelled a lot. Um, we've been to fashion shows in spa, so yeah. Yeah, we've seen a lot, and I just felt that this was, was slightly different from everything else we'd seen. It also felt very warm and friendly, didn't it? Yes, it was lovely, and we had um, we had a treatment called the Bertioli Signature Ritual, um, and as you said, it's like not, not really like anything that we'd done before. It's kind of this... We had it together, Trish. We did. We, we were so Side by side in, in our towels, you do it together with somebody else, and it's lovely because it's this guided breath work. It's all about inhaling like beautiful natural scents, acupressure points, some gentle massage. It's very much kind of sensory experience, and I think the breathing particularly was what um, Karen wanted to base the whole treatment around, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Karen's ethos was sort of setting a little ritual in your head to learn to breathe properly, which you can do quite well, which we talk about so much on the show, don't we? And I know everyone thinks it's a bit self-indulgent or a bit wellness waffly, but this learning to breathe properly is really important. It was really about conscious breathing and switching on the parasympathetic nervous system which is run by the vagus nerve or vagus nerve. I'm not sure how you say mm. it. So the vagus nerve runs down both sides of your neck um, and it really does control your relaxation and it also t uses the gut to talk to the brain. So, And that's where the gut's obviously the second brain. So it's the, it's the thing where the communication between the two is telling you to calm down. Um, yeah, it switches it, off the stress response, doesn't it? And I thought it was Well, it's the opposite of fight and flight. Yeah, yeah. And as, but, as you say, it was fascinating her talking about how watching women in labour using breathing and how that, mm. that helped from her previous career. So, so this treatment, we sat on these really beautiful warm benches and had this foot soak and did this kind of deep breathing uh, with our therapists. Um, and they put this, rubbed this lovely Bertioli water medicine breathing balm which mint, we would it? describe water mint. Mm. water mint yes it was beautiful it was made from water mint it smells absolutely divine it's kind of like a really gorgeous thick vapor rub without this slightly astringent um, well yeah and it doesn't last a long time that was the point yeah. wasn't it it, it was... flicks off the response in your brain rather than staying for ages like perfume yes or other exactly oils. which is beautiful and we had an acupressure foot massage and then they moved us onto the heated tables and we had a very gentle sort of head neck and shoulder mass massage and then then they washed our hair. I mean, it was so unexpected, but it it was sort of intimate and sensual, but not in a sexy way, wasn't it? It was just really lovely. No, Trish, it wasn't sexy. It wasn't sexy, but it was intimate and quite sort of sensual. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just 
watching you doing an impression of someone else watching, watching my else. hair. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think the thing that we often overlook and the point that Karen was making is this sense of smell and how it how the brain stores it and how it can help you um, because it is thought that uh, there are such significant effects of sense of smell on the brain that is so smell cells in the nose are linked to the limbic system um, which is the oldest part of the brain so it, kind of, it governs um, emotions and behavior and long-term memory that's what the research shows but I've talked to other people about this sense of smell because it can trigger feelings quite quickly compared to other senses so sight it takes a while for you to register hearing something it takes a while for you to register but scent it's an almost instant response Mm -hmm. from the brain so if you are linking it to something relaxing and if you learn to breathe at the same time as smelling something then you can almost automatically your brain will kick that in subconsciously quite quickly to do it so it's a really good thing to learn so we were holding that water mint kind of a balm I guess you'd call it but it was a bit softer than a balm like moisturizer and then learning to do the four breaths in four breaths out the thing we've talked about here before and if you do that a few times then your brain will automatically switch that on if you smell that smell so you can train yourself to do it and I think that's really great thinking actually and I haven't seen it in action so specifically in a spa before and as you say Karen had really learned that from all her work with women in labour learning how to breathe. But you get given a pot of the breathing balm to take it away afterwards. And actually, I've been having a little sniff each morning before I get out of bed and doing a little bit of mindfulness. Um, And it's really helping me focus rather than my mind drifting off. Uh, Anyway, I think we have to get to the grand finale of the treatment (laughs) because that all goes on for about an hour. And this was a first for us. We had a big bubble bath together, didn't we? We both together, Trish. (laughs) We're in two sort of separate baths, but side by side, these beautiful big tubs outdoors in our swimming costumes on the veranda in this lovely private garden it was this beautiful bubbly herbal soak and I have to say I I don't know about you with baths but I can never get the temperature right it's either boiling hot and you end up really red or I don't make it hot enough and you've got to make it you've got to get out after five minutes because it's too cold but the temperature was like really consistent it was really nice I really enjoyed that I think a good chin wag in a bath oh it's such a lovely thing to do with a friend, isn't it? Yes, and it's it would lovely. be a nice thing to do with um, your mum, I think, something yeah. like this, or or a kind of another female relative. I'm not sure I'd have been so relaxed doing it with my husband, actually. No, I, I don't think it's a nice husband thing, thing to do. I think it's a with yeah, a friend or a sister yeah. or a mum. Yeah, um, or I a did put a little caption up. Because it was a picture opportunity that was too good to miss, Trish, mm. wasn't it? You and me in a bath. I mean, it's <laughs> one of my most commented on things I've ever put. It's us in a bath. That's as ridiculous as us. And I said this could be our OnlyFans. <laughs> you know what OnlyFans is, don't you, Trish? Of course I do. Yes. yes. Okay. Obviously well, I'm, I'm not a member so. or anything. Yes, I don't yes, have an account. A, <laughs> you can, I don't know, people like feet and looking at feet. You can have oh. an OnlyFans account for your feet. Oh, anyway, dear. I put a put a picture up saying this is our OnlyFans account and asking for people to write captions. Nicer ones. Leave your troubles in the bubbles. Quite well, like that. That's rather sweet. Rub-a-dub-dub, two babes in a tub. Oh, we are babes. You, yeah, Sally. that's us. Yeah. We were in the garden. Um... And somebody put, that bush could do with a little pruning. <laughs> That's the clitoris again. Oh, no. no oh, no. no. Gardening. It's gardening, oh, isn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, as someone who isn't a fan of massages or being touched in general, what did you make of it all? 
I liked being inside in the nice, calm peacefulness of the bossy. Mm. I just thought that was a really lovely thing. I mean, I'm just not a fan of massages. I just think, yeah. unless I'm having a sports massage to cure an injury, it's just not, it doesn't bring me great joy. And I don't mm. like people touching my feet because they're so ticklish. But I found it very gentle and very mm-hmm. relaxing. I think it is something I would definitely want to do again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could say, couldn't you, how hard or, or softly yeah. you want to be touched. But yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah, well, I, I saw a change in you because. Um, next morning, firstly, you didn't roll your eyes when I mentioned the owl that I'd heard hooting away the night before. Normally you would. And uh, wait for it. You drank a glass of beetroot juice. Yeah. How do you explain that? don't know. I think I'm <laughs> affected by the smells, by the water mint. I think the water mint lowered my defences. Oh. I'm not going to say I liked it, though, Trish. I didn't no. really like the beetroot juice. But I, I was following the Tim Spector thing where you have to have 30 different... yes fruit and vegetables and if I keep having the same ones and I thought yeah. well I'll put a bit of beetroot in just to um you know just well you didn't have to that go near there. a beetroot you didn't have to touch a beetroot or do anything no, it, it was just presented yes I think I did some beetroot transference with you yeah you kind of got the beetroot vibes off but of I think do you know what I think it probably is quite pricey to stay there but I think in this day and age one of the things um that I have learned we've certainly talked about haven't we um is that it isn't really about stuff anymore for us that no. it's about experiences and and enjoying some moments where we invest what we've earned from doing our work into things like this, actually, and to support women like Karen, because I, I have to say I was so impressed by her. She just, she really touched something in me. She, she mm. just knew every single thing. She knew every plant. She knew everything about the water meadows. She knew everything about the paintings. She knew everything about the menu. Yeah. It was quite extraordinary. Someone being so involved in something, having such passion for something. And mm-hmm. I do like to support women in midlife who are genuinely connected yes. to the land. Well, and I think you need to put that on the Christmas list so you can go again. And our treatment was 90 minutes long and it cost £195 each. And you can find out more about Time and Karen and the Botanical Bothy at their website, time.co.uk. Can we go again? Definitely. Coming up next, find out how to fix weight issues for good with nutritionist Petronella Ravenshire. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week's special guest is nutritionist Petronella Ravenshire, whose book The Human Being Diet was inspired by her work with clients enduring lifelong health and weight problems and is to be found on the shelves of A-list celebrities across the globe. After a career spanning waitressing, DJing and book publicity, it was managing the ill health of her young son that inspired Petronella to train in nutritional therapy. And after qualifying, she opened her private practice in 2004, specialising in weight management, skin and digestive disorders. 
Also a certified metabolic balance coach, Petronella's successful outcomes with clients spread by word of mouth, and she was invited to be a columnist for the Sunday Telegraph magazine, as well as writing for Vogue and being featured in the Times, Tatler and the Daily Mail. Until recently based in London, Petronella moved to Florida earlier this year with her husband, the chef Riccardo Mariti, to be closer to family. As she settles into her new life, she is taking time out to write a cookbook and a second edition of The Human Being Diet. She joins us today to share her rules for healthy eating and how to have a midlife health reset, as well as understanding the mind and body connection for ultimate well-being. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Petronella. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so honoured and so excited to be part of this. So thank you. Oh, that's such a nice thing to hear. But listen, we want to get straight into finding out about the human being diet, because so many people we know, I've mentioned my husband already on this recording, are evangelical about it. And it seems to be more of a kind of reset the way you eat for life, isn't it? Rather than just a diet per se. Can you just tell us the principles of it and how it works? Yes. Well, I was in two minds about calling it the human being diet, but I'm using diet in its original sense, which actually means way of life. You know, like the Mediterranean diet. It's not it's not a, a weight loss diet. And the weight loss that occurs on the programme occurs as a side effect of bringing everything back into balance, you know, rebalanced hormones, less inflammation, a way of changing what we eat really to change how we feel. It's a three month program that leads into a new way of life. It's quite tough to begin with, isn't it, though? There's different phases, isn't there? Do you want to just explain those to us? Yes. So there are two days in phase one of just eating vegetables and then 14 days of, of phase two, which is being super strict, weighing everything eating three meals a day, um, having at least five hours between meals, drinking lots of water, no oil, no grains, no sugar. And I usually recommend no dairy as well, because a lot of people don't know that they have a problem with it until they take it out. And then the two weeks turns into the third phase, um, phase three, and people stick in, in the third phase for 10 weeks. And then it's like the forever phase, the rest of our life. Well, the subtitle of the book, though, is um, A New Way of Feasting and Fasting, as you say. It's both elements, isn't it? I quite like feasting coming first because <laughs> I love the word feasting. So explain how it's beneficial to live a life where you can still feast and fast. It's very important. There's a concept called hormesis, which is basically a little bit of poison now and again is very good for us and perks up our immune system and all sorts of genes associated with longevity and anti-aging. So if we keep doing, like, if we, if we stayed in phase two, which is, it is low calorie for too long, what happens is the metabolic rate begins to fall. And that's an ancient response to pr- uh, protect us from starving to death. And so a lot of people say, but isn't it a low calorie regime, you know, a dangerous thing? Well, it's, it's anything is dangerous if you do it for too long, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we need to give the body a little shock with the weekly treat meal, which is also very high in calories. And then it's like the body says, oh, I'm not starving to death after all. Okay, I'll burn some more fat, reduce the inflammation. So it balances itself out, yeah. 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 You describe weight loss as almost being a side effect and, and the diet came about because of what you were seeing with your clients. What kind of things were they experiencing that led you to put this together? Selfishly, it wasn't until I myself had problems going through the menopause and found myself putting on weight and found myself eating less and less and less and doing more and more exercise and just found I was getting fatter. And I'd heard people say that. 
in the clinic and I thought I wonder if they're really just you know maybe eating too many chocks or something and whatever you know in denial and I remember one day I was out shopping with my mum and um, we were trying on some coats she wanted to buy me a coat and at the time I was I, I was so emotional about everything I was you know I was always you know breaking into tears and and she said to me darling she saw me in my um potential new coat i don't think that you can really advise people on on weight loss you know looking the way you do and so oh, mum <laughs> but she always told me the truth she never spared yeah. uh, my feelings she thought it was very important and you know she was right it's like um, trish and me she's always telling me <laughs> put that hobnob down put that hobnob down <laughs> So at that point, I thought, yeah, I've got to, I've got to take control over this. And I had been using a program called Metabolic Balance, which worked brilliantly well. And it involved eating three times a day and breakfast was obligatory. And so I sort of put myself back on that program. And it's a brilliant program and it, you know, it still works. And there are loads of really good metabolic balance coaches in the UK and across the world. And putting back breakfast, which I really dislike eating anyway, and really observing the five-hour fast between meals, things started to change. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. That, I mean, I think we are just fed particularly Gen X. <laughs> I mean, we've come through with the cabbage soup diet and that yeah. the whole thing. We're, we're fed a lot of trends. Um, yeah. it's, it's quite a minefield out there. But we are, I think, also in the midst of an obesity um, epidemic and chronic diseases are on the rise. What are the messages you think we are being fed around what we eat that are misleading and unhelpful for us, particularly as women? I think the number one most unhelpful, most misleading uh, message is that we should base our diet on lots of grains, you know, whole grains. That's always the message. Whole grains, grains are carbohydrates. Carbohydrates break down to sugar. When we have sugar in our bloodstream, that increases our insulin and that increases insulation. And the sugars from grains and simple sugars are very easily stored as fat. That is the number one, the worst message of all, because those grains and those sugars are contributing to not only weight gain, but all the chronic diseases. In fact, the WHO points out that 77% of deaths worldwide can be attributed to non-communicable diseases mm -hmm. i.e mm. lifestyle diseases yeah. so something's gone really wrong and then the you know the who tells us that um we need to follow a, a healthy diet and then all our troubles will be over but that's another controversy what is a healthy diet is it low fat that is that because we're always told low fat's supposed to be good for us is that a healthy no, diet we really need fat we need it for our brain and for our skin and for everything else what we don't need is all those carbohydrates they they are really they're the culprits in our mm. modern malaise, really, if you like. So the human being diet, it sounds sometimes like I'm making claims for the diet. What I'm making claims for, health claims for, is the benefit of natural, unprocessed, fresh food. You know, old Hippocrates all that time ago, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. That is never truer than today. Mm. Really so it is that kind of 
over-processed foods, ready meals, all of those things, um, which, you know, can be helpful at certain times of life, particularly in, in midlife. But while there are many joys of being a woman in midlife, we do have to contend with the perimenopause. You've touched on your own menopause experience and your weight gain around the middle. What is actually going on there? Why are we pushing it on? You know, as you say, you're exercising more, you're trying to eat healthily. We have so many women talking about this all the time and it's it's it really is a frustration and something that when you're kind of already feeling insecure and questioning your identity that can just be the you know such a, an awful thing to deal with on top of it all it is a very worse thing isn't it and, and it also makes me think about teenagers and how they often have such problems with their skin and they're mm-hmm. they're feeling in a way similar to us when we get to you know to middle age and think well you know who have I turned into who am I I don't know who I am anymore so there are changes in the microbiome, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the microbes that live inside us. That's that's one of the reasons that everything else changes. Um, we tend to get more into a more inflammatory state um, through stress and through changes in our hormones. And that inflammation itself makes it harder to burn fat, believe it or not. Um, we've also can become, most of us have heard of insulin resistance, but we can also become leptin resistant. And leptin is the hormone that that basically tells us that we've got enough energy, we've got enough energy to party when we're a bit younger, we've got enough energy to procreate, and that we don't need to eat anything at that point. And our body becomes less sensitive to leptin. And one of the best ways to increase our leptin sensitivity is to eat protein early in the morning, within an hour of waking. And the other thing that maybe we don't often talk about enough is dealing with the hurt in our past. Mm-hmm. And it, if we if we don't get to grips with that, by the time we get into our 50s and 60s, it begins to show in our body. Very good book, you've probably heard about it called The Body Keeps the Score. When you say hurt, you mean anxiety and trauma, I guess, trauma from things that have happened to us as opposed to physical hurt. That's what you mean, is it? Exactly, uh, psycho-emotional stress, yeah. Hmm. And this is the mind-body connection which you've also studied, haven't you? Yes, psychoneuroimmunology. Um, mm-hmm. A brilliant teacher called Leo Prumbun, who's just released a paper about COVID and the dangers of um, getting bad coronavirus as a result of having too much inflammation in our bodies. And again, that's what HBD is all about. It's about reducing the inflammation. But we can also become inflamed when we're lonely, grieving when we're reminded about past emotional trauma, as you said. So question of really either getting help from a professional or really getting good at, at keeping a, a journal and mm-hmm. writing down all those feelings. And I, I wrote a letter to my father, I, I wrote about it in the book, and I was very, very angry with him um, because he was quite scary. You know, he wasn't the kind of father you felt safe to be around. And I wrote him this really shocking letter and really let him have it. And I felt much better, you know, because we're always told that we have to forgive people and, mm. and forget. But I, for me anyway, I found that I couldn't forgive until I'd accused him. And once I'd accused him, I could in a way start to understand him. And now if I saw him, I would, I'd, I'd just be overjoyed and I'd fling my arms around him because I know what, you know, what he was going through and what his childhood was like and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating that connection, isn't it, between how we feel and how we eat and how we, how our body responds to that. Have you 
changed your eating based on your trauma and what you went through with your father, do you think? Well, I think what happens with a lot of trauma is that we're driven to find substances that soothe the pain. And those substances can be drugs or alcohol or sugar. Those are the, the you know, the three main ones. So, yes, I've, I've been through all that. Um, and I know that I have to be careful with alcohol, with booze, because I don't seem to have a very good off switch. So when I feel it creeping in too much, I have to say, right, that's it. You can't have any more now. And I take myself off it for a few weeks because I know it's a, it's a slippery slope. Um, and it's just a way of numbing ourselves, really. That kind of denial <laughs> is part, a little bit part of how we've been climatised to diets, I think, as a, as a generation. So many of our listeners are kind of managing careers. They've got elderly parents that they're dealing with. They've got teenagers coming and going. You know, there's a lot going on, especially when you add in perimenopause yeah. and menopause. And, and if you face, um, the, you want to change it. And as you know, if you change it, everyone feels better and all our yeah. symptoms are better and we reduce yeah. inflammation. But if you're lacking in that motivation to begin the human being diet, how do you advise women to get that motivation back into their life? Because it is quite structured and it is a big thing to take on. What, what's your advice on that? It is structured and, and the first two weeks are pretty tough. Most people come to HBD because they've seen a friend and they hadn't seen the friend for a few weeks and they're blown away. You say, you look amazing. What have you been doing? It's sort of thinking about the inspirational dissatisfaction that piqued your interest in the first place you know, what is it that you want to change why do you want to change how will changing xyz change the way you feel change the way you um you experience your life you know to be really really clear about your whys and to write them down because once you start and you haven't written down your whys then it, it's it's sort of slightly it becomes slightly academic you know, yes, I, I want to do this because I want to feel better and I want to get into those clothes I can't get into and, and you know, I want to live longer. So it's really important to, to write down the whys and make them really personal for you. That's absolutely key. And that will help when you're having a, a difficult day. And for some reason, days seven to nine can be very tough out of the first two weeks. And I did the reset uh, with Ricardo, my husband, in January uh, with a big group of HBDs. And day seven, eight, nine, I thought this is pretty bloody. It's really quite tough. And then you remember why you, why you started it, what you wanted to change, why you're doing it. And that, that really makes all the difference, really helps. Mm. So weight loss aside, what other health issues do midlife women come to you about that nutrition can really help? Or does it all come back to inflammation, <laughs> all of these issues? Inflammation is absolutely the key. And mm -hmm. you can say that almost anything, including hot sweats, you know, hot flushes, um, anxiety, depression, you know, all those things, you can say, well, that's, you know, that's a symptom of inflammation. We need to get this inflammation down by changing what and how we eat. It sounds very simple, but it is quite simple. It's just eating the foods that made us human, the foods that speak to our genes, because food is information for our genes and it can you know, tell the body to switch on or switch off certain genes, switch on the genes for longevity, switch off the genes for inflammation. It really is just a question of changing what we eat and how we eat. We're hearing about a lot more women with autoimmune disease, particularly in midlife. What is your uh, take on that and nutrition? Again, inflammation, inflammation in the mm -hmm. gut. 
the number one culprit for a leaky gut is gluten. Gluten increases this protein called zonulin in the lining of the gut, and that makes the gut leaky. Now, you've touched on it just momentarily, but um, what was your menopause, perimenopause journey like? So where were you in that journey when you were coming up with the book? One of the things I noticed, <laughs> apart from the terrible hot sweats, I mean, literally dripping and my hair stuck to my face was that my brain completely shut mm-hmm. down. I don't even remember when it was. I don't remember any problems with perimenopause. It was just like from one day to the next, suddenly I felt absolutely atrocious. And I battled through it, eventually changed my diets, forced myself to eat breakfast because a lot of the menopausal ladies I saw, like I mentioned before, were going all day without eating. That Oh, well, you know, 18, 20 hour fasts are you know, good for me, but actually that just puts us under more stress and more pressure. And that makes things like hot flushes worse because they can be linked to stress and to cortisol and things like that. And so we have to get a um, a handle back on our blood sugar. And that means eating three times a day and starting with really good protein breakfast. Mm. So I don't really remember what led up to it. I just, it was honestly, it was like one day to the next, everything fell apart. And it sounds mm-hmm. very dramatic, but there wasn't really much warning. And feeling intensely emotional all the time mm. and not being able to sleep, you know, that's what we need when we're, we're you know, we're, we're dealing with that emotional upheaval is, is, you know, the peace of a good night's sleep. And as we mm-hmm. know, that's often one of the things to go. Can you tell us what you would typically eat in a day now? Because you'll be in the, is it phase three or phase four now of, of the lifestyle phase of the human being diet? Yeah, no, you're right, Trish. That's phase four. So mm-hmm. I'm the, the weight that I want to be. And I follow the principles of HBD that mm-hmm. I don't eat three times a day. And that's what you can do in phase four. You can skip a meal or even two meals and just eat one meal a day, which is known as OMAD. Um, I tend to have, since lockdown, actually, there were some silver linings, weren't there? Mm-hmm. Um, since lockdown, Ricardo and I started having lunch together every day. And I, you know, I, I typically quite often wouldn't eat lunch. And I was, I was fine with that. But it's much more fun mm-hmm. having lunch with somebody you love than not. Um, so we tend to eat lunch and supper together now. And when we're here, lunch is in the restaurant. And I really like halibut. So it's very often something like halibut with fennel and... Uh, sun-dried tomatoes and then a green vegetable like broccoli mm-hmm. and then something similar in the evening and I quite often used to eat Ricardo makes very good gluten-free chocolate and almond it's grain-free flour-free cake I've stopped that now and actually I find I feel better without it oh, but it's, it's a, fun, fun at the moment it's a nice yeah. treat isn't it your husband does have an Italian restaurant and of course pasta as we is the uh, the main thing about Italians or can be the main thing about Italian restaurants. How do you sort of square that together? You've obviously described that you would have the halibut and the vegetables. Does he follow your diet? Do you ever have any pasta? Well, it's a good story. The reason I met Ricardo was that my son, who's now 32, wasn't very well as a child. He had constant tonsillitis and I had to keep taking him to the doctors and the doctors gave him antibiotics, which is all they had to deal with it. Until I, you know, I, I, I started despairing. He, he was iller more often and missing literally like a week, a month of school. And the school was almost accusing me of, of making it up, you know, of having sort of Munchausen's or something. Mm. So I started taking him around to see alternative practitioners um, and everything helped, but it didn't, didn't help for long. It didn't, you know, the, the, it was like a, a bandage. And then one day I picked up a book by Patrick Holford called mm. The Optimum 
Health Bible, I think it's called, and took him off dairy and took him off wheat and gave him supplements and gave him probiotics and he began to get better. And it was, and that's, that's how I started my career in nutrition. Mm. I was just so fascinated by the healing power of what we put into our body or not. I was saying to a friend of mine, such pity, I can't take us to Italian restaurants anymore. You know, he can't eat pasta. And the friend said, don't you know about Ricardo's? Ricardo's mm. in Chelsea, you know, just on Fulham Road. And I didn't. So we went there. And sure enough, Ricardo's had delicious gluten-free pasta and all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's how we met. And Ricardo is a very good-looking man and a very, a very dear, lovely man. And um, I started taking my son there a lot. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> and if anybody said, where should we go tonight? I'd say, let's go to Ricardo's. But Ricardo's not the kind of guy who'd kind of pounce on his customers. So I knew I had to make the running so one day I struck up a conversation with him but he, he happened to be sitting at the front of the restaurant with with a guy and the guy went to the loo and I said to him something like you know why don't you ever sit with us kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and um that started the whole thing so oh. it was Ricardo's food that attracted me and he was already on it and not really eating pasta or pizza anyway mm-hmm. oh. What a lovely story. We love that. It's so nice. Can, can we talk about temptations, though? Because, I mean, I think if you said, I could never eat pasta again, I could never eat um, pizza again, or or I couldn't eat... I mean, I'm a huge chocolate fan. Uh, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Or is it a, is, is to reduce the inflammation, to feel better... A p- absolutely permanent thing. I mean, I know that with the diet, you bring, you know, as you say, you bring the toxins, as they're called, back in. But it feels quite negative to me to call food that we enjoy toxins and things like that. So how do you deal with the temptation and, and the kind of treat element? Because food should be a treat, shouldn't it? It should be a treat. It has to be a treat. And, you know, that's part of the feasting thing is that we love getting together with our friends and our family and feasting, you know, mm-hmm. and exchanging stories and catching up. It's a vital part of human life so it's the 16 days straight and then when you go into phase three from day 17 once a week for one meal you can have whatever you like the key is to ask yourself how you feel the next day maybe even two days later how's your energy are you more bloated have you got any pain anywhere um are you going to have you got diarrhea or maybe you're, you know you're a bit blocked up all, all those things and hbd is really about what finding out what suits us personally because what suits me may well not suit you and vice versa. I'm fine with dairy, for instance, but lots of people aren't. And by the way, talking about pasta, you'll be pleased to know that pasta is made with durum wheat, which mm-hmm. naturally has less gluten than the kind of bread, um, um, the wheat that we use for making bread. So Interesting. Yeah. You had, I read a good tip you, you had about if you're going to have chocolate, how to eat chocolate to have less of it but really enjoy it really enjoy it exactly eat really good chocolate not like you know yeah. dairy milk because it doesn't doesn't have much of the stuff that we're looking for mm-hmm. in it. and you talk about let it just let it melt in your mouth and let it melt on your tongue and then you get such an intense hit of the flavors that you don't really need to chomp exactly. down a load more which is exactly. good mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard um it was a i think it i think it might have been a guy called tom o'brien otherwise known as the gluten doctor and he was talking about dark chocolate being actually good for our microbes no not not rubbish chocolate but good good chocolate and he just kept saying don't let it touch your teeth don't let it touch your teeth (laughs) and and it's really hard but practice makes perfect 
Yeah. And how else do you look after your, yourself with exercise or um, do you take vitamins? What, t- tell us about exercise first. Exercise. Well, I had a wonderful lady called Jennifer Parsons and she was trained by Lottie Burke. Ah. Uh, yeah. And she used to come to the house every week, every Wednesday at four. And every Wednesday at four, just, just before four, I'd be thinking, oh, I hope she's forgotten. I hope she's not coming. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like bar exercise. It was the precursor to what we, we now know as bar. The precursor to bar, exactly. Yes. It's quite torturous and, and it's it's really not fun. But by the end of it, I don't know if it's because it's the end of it or it really does make you feel better, but either mm-hmm. way, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did that for probably t- 20 years with Jen until lockdown. Mm-hmm. I also really enjoyed Power Plate. Um, there was a studio in King's oh, Road, yeah. Yeah, which is really, really great. And one of the joys of that is it's very intense, but it's all over very quickly. <laughs> and I need to find one of those places in, um, in Florida because I haven't found one yet. Mm-hmm. And then cold water swimming we used to do when we were in London. We, and because we're in London now, we could, um, we should, we will uh, go and have a few sessions in the serpentine. And then mini trampoline. As long as you've got oh, a good bra, oh, yeah, <laughs> and a good pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? The rebounder or the something rebounder. like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Really, really good. And it really gets your lymph going. If you're someone who doesn't want to do the whole human being diet, what tips above it would you say to women over forty? Because um, I think it's really important to prepare for what might happen in the perimenopause and get exactly. your body in optimum. Yeah. Um, and I'm really hoping the new generation come through. What what tips would you give them in terms of what they eat and when they eat? Because the fasting I find quite confusing. Some people say eight hours. There's a huge thread on our Facebook going on <laughs> about yeah. fasting and how it's yeah. working. But what what are your kind of top tips for optimum? maximum nutrition in midlife i would say number one if you find yourself putting on weight do not do long long fasts go back to eating protein within an hour of waking up because that will help to reset your leptin you know which is the hormone that says i've got enough to eat thanks number two start every day with half a liter of water Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Yes, well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got a that's special really glass. I fill it up and I don't let anyone touch it. Mm-hmm. You're quite right. That's brilliant. That is, and water is a natural anti-inflammatory. It's nature's anti-inflammatory, if you like. That's the best, best way to start your day. And lots of people say, I don't like drinking water. And I was thinking, you know, with... Get you, over it, I get say. Over it. <laughs> yeah. You know, imagine if you were a cave woman, if you didn't drink water, you'd be dead in a couple of days. Good for your brain, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. good for your brain as well. Number three is get rid of gluten. Get rid of it for at least 16 days before you try it again. It has to be complete, completely get rid of it. Right. Because so many people have a problem with it. Some people seem to be fine with it. It's probably, you know, a combination of their genes, but more importantly, their microbes. Um, and can you, because I'm an idiot in the kitchen, can you just explain to me? So gluten is in bread pasta white things basically is it in rice no not in rice is it in potatoes nope not potatoes so think wheat rye barley those are three main things okay yeah okay and and you know so treat your your body like a human lab get rid of it completely 100 percent. be really good at reading labels because actually wheat is in a lot of unsuspected places and then reintroduce it so that's what we did when we were studying then on day 17 or something, we had two Weetabix on an empty stomach with fruit juice, not milk. 
so it wouldn't confuse the oh results. <laughs> you know, everybody suffered in some way. I, it made me very depressed. Something else really interesting. I used to always have black bags under my eyes. And so part of my morning routine every day was to put the tooth clap on under my mm -hmm. eyes. And after about three months of being gluten-free, I was putting on the concealer and I thought, why are you doing that? You don't need that anymore. Gosh. <laughs> that was a side effect of gluten. So how is life in Florida panning out? It's early days. Are there crocodiles? <laughs> I've only seen one and he was dead by the side of the road. Oh, bless. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> we get foxes. They yeah. get crocodiles in Florida. Yeah. Life is really good. You know, I think the Americans need to do something about their PR. You hear such negative things, you know. Mm. Oh, you know, they're so shallow. They say, have a nice day, but they don't mean it. We have had completely opposite experience. They have been so welcoming and so inclusive and so helpful. And the other thing we're always hearing about is how ghastly the food is. Not true. Mm -hmm. Supermarkets are bulging with organic produce. I mean, much better than ours. And the weather. We were there in the summer and everybody was saying, you can't be in South Florida in the summer, you know, you'll die. And it's a, <laughs> too hot, too hot. Too yeah. hot and immensely humid. And I, mm. I love the humidity and it's like an all-day detox, you know. Yeah. Here we go, you know, just drink well, lots of water. Well, you won't be heading into winter like us now, <laughs> you, into the, I mean, it is 17 degrees out there today, which is a bit bizarre. But that aside, do you think we need to take supplements and different things in winter from what we do in the summer? I mean, I know vitamin D is obviously the big thing, isn't it? Vitamin D is the biggie, and everybody, practically everybody, sort of 90% of the people I tested in clinic were always low in vitamin D. And funnily enough, people who had the lowest levels were the most overweight, which I thought was very interesting. Mm. And I haven't looked into that in any more details. So vitamin D, definitely. Vitamin C, omega-3, you know, the omega-3 fish oil, which you can also get derived from seaweed if you're plant-based. Omega-6, take that in the evening. Zinc, all those things are very important, not only for our immune system, but also for our skin. And a really good multi is the BioCare menopause multinutrient. Because you can't get... Yeah, we'll put that on the, on the group. Magnesium is very, very important. Magnesium is excreted when we're under stress. So the more anxiety we're suffering from, the more magnesium we need. And a giveaway for needing more magnesium are things like muscle twitches and muscle cramps and insomnia. Probably start with about 400 milligrams a day. Some people are very sensitive to it and find that you can give them um, the runs, diarrhea. So if that happens, take it in divided doses and mm -hmm. take a form called glycinate or bisglycinate rather than citrate. That's easier on the gut. As we, we get older, we really need to think about looking after our skin. So that's the carotenoids, lycopene, beta-carotene, and astaxanthin, which is a is the, the pigment that makes flamingos and shrimps and salmon pink. Oh. And that's incredibly good for our skin. Mm -hmm. So I take those all the time. And then also betaine, HCL, so betaine hydrochloride, because... If we're eating a really good diet, but we're stressed out or our digestive chemistry isn't um, the best, then we're not breaking down and absorbing particularly the proteins and the minerals. So things like bloating can be a, a giveaway that you need more um, stomach acid. And stomach acid is increased by this betaine HCL. So I would say take that with every meal, but not if you have a stomach ulcer. Mm -hmm. We always talk about my bloating, don't we? Oh, yes, yes. You haven't been talking about it a lot lately, no, so I'm wondering no. if it's improved a bit. I but... think it's stress-induced, frankly. Yes, yes, OK, so you can, can follow can some Petronella's advice. Can we talk about the one thing, that the big old elephant in the room, Trish, the gin yeah. and tonic? The... Oh, so, so say we yeah. go through Christmas, I'm, yeah. we're always going to have a drink at Christmas. Do you think 
January, sober Januarys are the th the way to go. Or are you all sober, or are you sober curious? What's your nutrition head on? What do you think about the old booze? I think it's a very, very good idea to have a month off every year. And there's somebody else, and I'm afraid I can't remember who it is. He said, a month a year, a week a month, a day a week. Mm, got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Good advice. And, yeah. and January is such a grim month. And I, mm -hmm. and I just think I, I don't want to do anything too difficult in January. Mm -hmm. So maybe do it another month, not January. Do it another month. <laughs> <laughs> and you must, you must be reading because you do read all the research and I know you're very up on it. What's coming next? I mean, Trish is always going on about her apple cider vinegar and oh, yes. all of that. What, what's coming at us in terms of nutrition that we need to know about now? What, what are we brave? Don't tell me it includes beetroot because I won't be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> start with what's coming up in a bad way which is the rise and rise of ultra processed foods mm -hmm. and which are very often labeled with things like um, high in fiber contains natural whole grains low in sugar but it's factory food that our body doesn't understand at all and i think that we really need to be vigilant about that and about being really honest with ourselves about feeding ourselves the the highest and um, freshest nutritious diet that we can we can afford and we can find and in terms of what's coming up i think that there are some exciting things to do with berries in the pipelines i heard from somebody about that the other day um, and i'm not a great fan of fruit because it's vegetables sugar. that we need to focus on exactly mm -hmm. um, but these are all naturally low sugar fruits which will be used more as medicine rather than drunk as, as fruit juices um, because fruit is does contain especially berries polyphenols, which are plant antioxidants, yeah. mm -hmm. which are beloved by our uh, healthy gut microbes. And so they can help us deal with bloating. Um, oh. Achimansia is a microbe that sort of nibbles away at the lining of the gut, making it more resilient. What about stewed prunes? Because other... Trish has stewed got this prunes. obsession with stewed prunes. She's I wouldn't obsessed. quite call it an obsession, but <laughs> do like a stewed prune. Yeah, if it, if it helps, if it works and you enjoy it, go for it. Good idea. How many prunes do you have? About four, maybe. <laughs> on my Greek yogurt, on my full, on my full fat Greek oh, yeah. yogurt. <laughs> Can I have that, my I think, love? I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's not too convinced, is she? I don't no. think. <laughs> okay, might need a rethink on the prunes. But listen, Petrona, that was so much amazing and helpful, helpful information. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed it. Bobbity bobbity bob. That's my new jingle for Nostalgia Noodle. Mm, and slightly different to the old jingle. I don't know whether we <laughs> like it or not. Anyway, back in time today. I don't mm. know what brought this into my head, but it did come into my head. I was mm. thinking about things that happened in the 70s and 80s. And I was remembering the time my aunt and uncle, who were considerably younger than my parents, um, there's a big gap between my dad and his sister, bought a waterbed. Oh, they were all the rage, now, weren't they? In Devon, in the late 70s, mm. early 80s. What do you say about that, Trish? It's a bit zhuzhy, isn't it? It's very zhuzhy, but by a spark of coincidence, I don't know how this has happened, it's the universe again. Um, I have an aunt and uncle who live in Devon who also had a waterbed in the 70s and 80s, and it was it was so glamorous. Well, it was very, yeah. very wobbly when you sat on it. Um, but then Uncle John sold the waterbeds so i'm wondering whether your what? aunt and uncle bought the bed 
off of my aunt and uncle. What do you think? It's highly possible. Well, there can't have been many waterbed salesmen <laughs> in, the, in those days, can there? No. Oh, gosh, we might all yes. have been in the same, vaguely in the same, I four, six know. degrees separated, six aren't degrees we? Of, it's possible. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask them. But uh, waterbeds, I don't think they, do they exist these days. I think they do if you're maybe a big rap star or a very <laughs> famous A-list or something like that. But it was very watery. I remember it wasn't Yes, firm, it was whoa, 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 that, yeah. wasn't it? Just like the was it it that again? <laughs> maybe that could be our new jingle for Nostalgia Noodle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. brings us to the end of this feel-good episode of Postcards from In Life and uh, new episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider and we would really appreciate it if you can make sure to down your episodes for those all-important listener numbers. Hang on Trish, you said down your episodes. Oh did I? You've got to um, download them. You oh, can't down them. They're, they're not gin and tonics. Them. Okay. Well, after you've downed your gin and tonics, download our episodes. So they count on our listener numbers, the all-important listener numbers. And if you could rate and review us too, that would be really, really helpful for us. And please tell your friends about us. We want everyone to join in our midlife conversation. And that's what our private Facebook group is all about. So if you're not a member, come over and join in the chat there. And you'll be able to find out loads more about our live show in May next year. Yes, and you can chat to each other and you can post your pet stories and pictures which we want to hear about for this upcoming episode and suggestions of anything else you'd like to hear talked about either on the podcast or at our live show next year. So email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on Facebook or Instagram. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.